The views and opinions expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. gemstone bracelets carries an array of men's and women's bracelets along with a line of lupus awareness and cancer awareness gemstone bracelets. You can follow them on Facebook or visit their store at Etsy.com or their website at www.premiobracelets.com. That's P-R-E-M-I-O-B-R-A-C-E-L-E-T-S dot com. Abundant Harvest Aquaponics, planting seeds to grow food and creating opportunities for people and families. You can contact this nonprofit organization at www.abundantharvestaquaponics.org. How was your week? Was it stressful? Are you glad it's Friday so you can relax over the weekend and enjoy your family and friends? Well, I'll tell you about my week. I had to be at the hospital at 7 o'clock in the morning. I had testing done. And um, the first test, um, 
that was done was on my um, liver. I had an ultrasound of my liver because lupus has attacked my liver. And the second test um, I had done was for something else, and you'll hear about that. And I did not get away from the hospital until about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I couldn't have anything to eat or drink, and that was fine with me. Because with lupus, um, when lupus was attacking my internal organs, um, it's hard for me to um, digest food. And I had to um, change my whole eating habit. Um, I'm vegan. Um, I can digest vegetables better than I can um, chicken, and I can digest baked fish better than I can chicken. Now, I never ate pork, and I um, never ate beef, so um, now I'm having problems um, with what I eat. I have to be really careful, you know. I'm a non-GMO, gluten-free type of person. But you didn't come to hear all about all of that. Now, did you? Okay. I'm going to get started. Um, the information that, my, that I'm about to tell you about was retrieved from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And it's regarding HIV in the United States and dependent areas. The annual number of new HIV diagnoses has remained stable in recent years in the United States and dependent areas. However, annual new diagnoses have increased among some groups. In 2017, 38,739 people received an HIV diagnosis in the United States. The annual number of new HIV diagnoses remained stable between 2012 and 2016. Gay and bisexual men are the populations most affected by HIV. In 2017, gay and bisexual men accounted for 66 percent. 25,748 of all HIV diagnoses and 82 percent of diagnoses among males. Black African American, gay, and bisexual men accounted for the largest number of HIV diagnoses. That's 9,807, followed by Hispanic, Latinos, 7,436, and whites, 6,900. 
Now from 2012 to 2016, HIV diagnosis among all gay and bisexual men remains stable. The trends varied by race and ethnicity. Whites decreased by 14%. African Americans remained stable. Hispanics and Latinos increased by 12%. In 2017, gay and bisexual men who injected drugs made up 3%. That's 1,252 of all HIV diagnosis and 4% of diagnoses among males. Among gay and bisexual men who inject drugs, whites accounted for the largest number of HIV diagnoses. 625, followed by Hispanic and Latinos, 286, and African Americans, 263. From 2012 to 2016, HIV diagnosis decreased by 12% of among all gay and bisexual men who inject drugs, but trends varied by race and ethnicity. Hispanic and Latinos decreased by 22%, whites decreased by 66, I'm sorry, 6%, and African Americans decreased by 6%. Now, heterosexuals continue to be affected by HIV. In 2017, heterosexuals account for 24% of HIV diagnosis. Heterosexual men accounted for 7%, which is 2,829 of all HIV diagnosis. Heterosexual women accounted for 16%, which is 6,341 of HIV diagnosis. In 2012 to 2016, HIV diagnosis decreased 8% among heterosexuals, Heterosexual women decreased by 8%. Heterosexual men decreased by 9%. Henry Long, the author of Positive Energy 24-7. You can purchase an autographed copy of his motivational book and you can also purchase the ebook version at writepath247.com. That's W R I T E P A T H 247.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at writepath247.
Hi, this is Susan. For my story, Living with Lupus, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors, too, so you can get paid to podcast. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm backslash start. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M backslash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know, I was thinking that individuals who have HIV slash AIDS come up against discrimination every single day because of their illness and because of the lack of knowledge of others. Now, for those of you who have a chronic illness, especially with lupus, have you ever came up against discrimination when you told someone that you have lupus? Or just say, would you discriminate against someone who has HIV? Slash AIDS, would you be scared to touch them, to hug them? Just think about that. I want you to think about that. Now, getting back to the statistics. In the 50 states and the District of Columbia, an estimated 1,122,900 adults and adolescents were living with HIV at the end of 2015. Of those 162,500, which is 15%, had not received a diagnosis. 
young people were the most likely to be unaware of their infection. Among people aged 13 to 24 with HIV, an estimated 51% didn't know. In 2015, among all adults and adolescents with HIV, 63% received some HIV medical care. 49% were retained in continuous HIV care. And 51% had achieved viral suppression, having a very low level of the virus. A person with HIV who takes HIV medicine as prescribed and gets and stays virally suppressed can stay healthy and has effectively no risk of sexually transmitting HIV to HIV negative partners. Now we're talking about deaths. In 2016, there were 15,807 deaths among people with diagnosed HIV in the United States. These deaths may be due to any cause. To read further into the statistics, you can go to www.cdc.gov backslash HIV backslash statistics backslash overview. Allow me to say this before we go on any further, that HIV diagnoses are not evenly distributed regionally in the U.S. Now, in 2017, the population rates per 100,000 people who received an HIV diagnosis were the highest in the South, which is 16.1%, followed by the U.S. six dependent areas, 12.3, the Northeast, 10.6, the West, 9.4, and the Midwest. 7.4. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus.
we're going to talk now globally regarding HIV AIDS. You know, while these HIV and AIDS facts can seem overwhelming, did you know 15 countries account for nearly 75% of all people living with HIV? Did you know about 1.8 million children under the age of 15 live with HIV? Did you know three quarters of all deaths associated with HIV among children under the age five occur in just 11 countries? Did you know 36.9 million people globally were living with HIV in 2017? In 2016, of the 36.7 million people living with HIV, 2.1 million were children under the age of 15 years old and about 18.8 million were women and girls. Sub-Saharan Africa remains the center of the HIV AIDS epidemic. Africa accounts for almost two-thirds of the global total of new HIV infections. Now, in 2016, Sub-Saharan Africa accounted for approximately 66% of people living with HIV worldwide. 64% of new HIV infections and around 70% of all AIDS-related deaths. Nearly 90% of children under the age of 15, newly infected with HIV, live in Sub-Saharan Africa. Adolescents aged 15 to 19 account for an estimated 15% of new adult HIV infections worldwide. Globally, in 2016, adolescent girls accounted for two-thirds of all new HIV infections among adolescents. 940,000 people died of HIV-related illnesses worldwide in 2017. Now, 1.8 million people became newly infected with HIV in 2017. 80% of pregnant women living with HIV had access to antiviral medicines to prevent transmission of HIV to their babies. 75% of all people living with HIV knew their HIV status in 2017. 
In 2017, 59% of all people living with HIV were accessing treatment. As of 2016, roughly 16.5 million children, yes, 16.5 million children under the age of 18 had lost one or both of parents to AIDS. Tuberculosis remains the leading cause of death among people living with HIV, accounting for around one in three AIDS-related deaths. Just think about that. 16.5 million children under the age of 18 had lost one or both of their parents to AIDS. You know, I knew someone who had AIDS. And before this person died, he took my hand and said, Susan, you were the only one that I knew that didn't treat me different. And I told him, you are a human being with a condition. Why would I treat you different? Just think about it. And my father used to say, you know where you come from, but you don't know where you're going. So why would anyone choose to discriminate against anyone? That has always boggled my mind. You know, I didn't care if you were gay you had AIDS or HIV, you're a human being. Why would I treat you different? But people do. Just like people treat you different when you have lupus. I've heard people tell me that another person told them that God is cursing people with that disease. And I'm talking about lupus. And I said, why would God curse you with lupus? I told this person, I said, that is the ignorance of that person who would say that God is cursing people with lupus. Total ignorance. Instead of researching and finding out what this illness entails, instead people will say, I don't, ignorant things like that. It boggles my mind. We're getting ready to talk about the allegedly c 
cuts to health care programs for poor, elderly, and disabled. I want to ask you, are you woke? Are you keeping informed on the events that is going on regarding health care? If you're not woke, I suggest you wake up. This information was retrieved from the Washington Post, Health and Science, Trump proposes big cuts to health care programs for poor, elderly, and disabled. This is dated March the 11th, 2019. The Trump administration is proposing a sharp slowdown in Medicaid spending as part of a broad reduction in the government's investment in health care, calling for the public insurance for the poor to morph from an entitlement program to state block grants even after a Republican Congress rejected the idea. The budget released by the White House on Monday also calls for sizable reductions for Medicare, the federal insurance for older Americans that Trump has consistently promised to protect. Most of the trims relate to changing payments to doctors and hospitals and renewing efforts to ferret out fraud, and wasteful billing. In keeping with Trump's promise in the last month, State of the Union addressed to halt the spread of HIV over the next decade. The budget includes an initial installment of $291 million next year targeted to communities where the virus is continuing to infect people not getting proper treatment. The rural parts of seven states, including Mississippi, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and 48 hotspot counties scattered throughout the country, However, the spending plan will cut funding for global aid programs while slashing expenditures on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention by about 10%. Strategies, the President and Health and Human Service Secretary Alex Azar advocate to curb the rising price of prescription drugs are part of the budget, but spending on the National Institute of Health, a longtime favorite of lawmakers of both parties, would be reduced by $4.5 billion, 
with the National Cancer Institute proposed to absorb the largest chunk of that cut. Funding for pediatric cancer research, however, would increase by $50 million for the next fiscal year. Taken together, the $87.1 billion in discretionary funding for HHS programs. HHS is Health and Human Services would be 12% less than in the spending plan Congress adopted for this fiscal year. Although the proposal is unlikely to survive lawmakers' scrutiny, the idea of opening Medicaid to block grants to states or a related idea that would create per-person funding caps are fundamental alterations of an entitlement program run jointly by the federal government and states that began in the 1960s as part of the war on poverty and have always provided each state a share of funding for anyone who is eligible. The budget calls for limiting the program's growth to the pace of inflation. Because healthcare spending typically rises more swiftly than the Consumer Price Index, trying it to the nation's overall inflation rate would put a strong squeeze on the public insurance system that covers tens of thousands of poor, vulnerable people, some of them elderly. You can read further if you would like Go to the WashingtonPost.com National Health. But let me say this before I start. It further states the spending plan calls for a cut of nearly $1.5 trillion in Medicaid over 10 years and for $1.2 trillion to be added for block grants or per person caps that would start in 2021. Under the new arrangement, states would gain far more freedom to set their own rules about how to cover the poor. This truly ticks me off. And this truly should make you mad. And like I stated, If you are not woke to what is going on in this country, you better wake up. If you have any disability, you're going to get cut. Wake up, people. Wake up. This is serious. Wake up. We will have more 
people uninsured. He's trying to take away something, if I'm not mistaken, that Roosevelt established in the 60s. And I may be mistaken on which president it was. But you're trying to take away people's right to health care. That's how I'm taking it. People have worked for Medicare. They have put in the, to the system to receive these benefits. And now you have someone who plans to cut. I'm worried about everyone who is receiving Medicare and Medicaid, who is disabled, who is underserved. I am truly worried about you. And all I can say is, wake up, people. Wake up. It is serious out here in the healthcare field. Now, if they cut payments to doctors and to hospitals, you're going to get limited amount of services. I know that's coming. Limited amount of treatments. And if Medicaid is based on per person cap, more than likely, you're going to wind up having to pay into the Medicare, Medicaid system. I'm sorry, the Medicaid system just to have Medicaid. Wake up. Wake up. This person that is running this country has ran it into the ground. I hope that you found part two segment informative. I hope that you learned something. You know, I was talking to my brother. We were having a discussion about the foundation that is formed and how we were going to set up different programs and everything and he raised a question to me and I told him if it's the last thing I do before I leave this earth I'm going to help some people because at 30 plus years of working in the healthcare field and seeing what's going on in the community, it's in my heart and deep in my soul to help. My word to you when it comes to individuals who are dealing with HIV. If they're gay or not, who cares? 
that's a human being. God created that person. Don't discriminate against anybody. We live in a completely interdependent world, which simply means we cannot escape each other. How we respond to AIDS depends in part on whether we understand this interdependence. It is not someone else's problem. Just like lupus is not someone else's problem, cancer is not someone else's problem, disabilities are not someone else's problems. This is everybody's problem. Just think about that. But most of all, I want you to remember this. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It turns problems into gifts, failures into success, the unexpected into perfect timing, and mistakes into important events. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. I'm Susan Hendricks, and I thank you for listening my story living with lupus i'll see you next week have a great and blessed weekend the views and opinions expressed on my story living with lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus.